everybody. Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Marketing. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about AI, and I'm absolutely delighted to have Kate Cox with me, who is CMO of Brightbid and a phenomenal AI expert. So we're going to be talking about all kinds of exciting and interesting things and what's trending and what AI really is and what it means and over the next 20 to 25 minutes or so. Um, so hi, welcome, Kate. How are you doing? Oh, very well. Thank you for having me on, Simon. Pleasure, pleasure. Happy happy Tuesday to you. First day of the week after our odd coronation thing that we've all just been through. Yeah, yeah. Very strange. Did you go out and celebrate that in any way? Or did you have a street uh, party? A little street, a little street party, but I was going to come into town, but didn't quite make it with the rain. Yeah, yeah, it's it didn't look that much fun, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's a bit miserable at times out there, but I'm sure it was an unforgettable experience for those that did. I was uh, I was doing an MOT on my bike at the time, so uh, that, was, uh, that was an exciting day out for me. Where were you when the coronation happened, they say, and I'll say I was at a garage getting my bike looked at. Uh, but anyway, look, great to have you here. Um, so we're going to talk about um, AI, right? It's, I mean, it's such a hot topic at the moment. It has been to... I mean, look, AI has been around for a long time, right? But certainly the last six to 12 months, it's been such a hot topic with the growth of, of ChatGPT really driving some of the behavioral change as well. Um, but you know, the, the, the real question is, is, you know, is AI really changing marketing? And, and if so, you know, how is it changing marketing? What, what's, your, what's your view on it? Well, I, so uh, GPT-3 launched 20th of June, 2020. So when we were all in lockdown, there was this new absolute gigantic leap forward in the large language models. Mm. And it ushered in a new wave of startups focused on marketing. So there's a lot of the AI experts are saying there's three sectors that are really going to change through AI in the initial phase. Marketing is in the first wave, um, retail and education. So three big sectors. Um, and actually, marketing tools started being launched from 2020. So Brightbid launched September 2020. Um, a lot of the copy tools, copywriting tools launched on the back of GPT-3. Um, and then with GPT-3.5, which was the uh, November launch, and GPT-4 in March, there's a, a, an incredible leap forward in the... Um, in the uh, ingenuity and expertise that the large language models are driving. But you're absolutely right. AI has been around for a decade and has been doing a lot of back-end processes. So it's not new. What is new is the popularization by ChatGPT of the user interface um, and how it's opened the wider marketing community to the potential of AI. Mm. Um, so, I mean, just talking about what we use it for. So Brightbeard has an AI and automation engine that helps performance marketers get the most out of search. So we like to say, never let a human do a machine's job. We have built a model, um, an unsupervised learning model, um, machine learning model that makes paid search work better. We've just taken the expertise, we've broken it down of a paid search marketeer, and a real expert and broken it down into steps and then figured out what are the bits that machines can do better mm. and what bits do humans, so real skilled humans, what can they do better? Mm. And actually there's lots of sort of very heavy lifting 
data learning tasks within performance mm. marketing. Take long tail keywords, for example. Um, you might have a long tail keyword that you can't see as a human, right? But it's driving three website conversions of really big customers a year. Mm. That sort of that sort of task is very hard for humans to pick up, but mm. machine learning can really pick those super niche keywords out of a big data set. Mm. Um, translation. So translating copy to multiple markets and then figuring out through A-B testing which local nuance in your search terms needs to be picked up in German or Japanese, right? Now that's really hard mm. because you need German speakers and Japanese speakers to understand nuance. But actually GPT-3 was a brilliant leap forward, but actually GPT-4 since March, the translation is almost, it's not quite perfect, but it's almost perfect. You don't need to run it past language speakers um, mm. to get the nuance. And you can just A-B test a lot of um, a lot of keyword copy, um, a lot of audience targeting, um, and really figure that, that piece of the puzzle out. Um, the other place we found it works is um, bounce rate. So if you've got high bounce rate landing pages, you can then change the ad copy to get better bounce rate and just fire loads of A-B tests at the mm. landing page. So you don't actually need to do the hard graft of changing the landing page. You can do that, but you can actually just change the ad copy to figure out what's the best landing page. So a lot of A-B testing. So think of it as a machine and a mm. massive machine to do a lot of accelerated le learning. Things that a manual search team would take, you know, quite a long time to do this is yeah. doing you know 10,000 changes a month and not all of them are going to work so some of them are going to be not great but then you know then the machine learns and you know not to go down that path so it's just accelerated learning but humans are required so you need to set um, the basic guidelines tram lines whatever you want to call them of a search mm. account you need to have a strategy, so performance marketing strategy. You need to train the AI so it learns quicker. So we use digital specialists who can train the AI so it learns quicker, right? So mm. it's not lock it and leave yet, but it is take the heavy lifting out of some performance marketing tasks. And what I think it will help, what, where it really helps is a couple of big use cases. Um, one way you've got small um, search budgets, mm -hmm. so you, you haven't got, you can't afford to buy in the expertise or have a dedicated person in-house dedicated to search. So small mm -hmm. budgets, it's really helpful. Um, very low data. So AI learns through data. And if you've got low traffic websites and low data learning, it can take quite a long time because this speeds it up a lot. It can be really helpful. Mm. Um, so low budgets, low data, low expertise, um, and then you can point your marketing team at other tasks. It's not as if you're, you know, it's it's not as if digital marketing doesn't have a, a list as long as your arm of tasks <laughs> that you need to tackle every week. Yeah, that's um, very true. So you, ah, you just point the team in the 
on to other tasks, why don't you do an agile yeah, marketing value, team? Right? So I, think, I think that's a, it's a great way of putting it of the, you know, don't allow humans to do a machine's job. I think it's a, it's a, it's a great way of looking at it. And that's instinctively how um, I think digital marketing has, has gone over the last 20 odd years, but now that really accelerates um, with, with machine learning. It really, um, really accelerates over the coming years. And I think it, it is a case of using, um, as you say, humans to sort of steer and guide and set the boundaries around um, where the AI should operate, um, but to spend the time really focused on you know, what is the strategy and you know, what are the big decisions and, and where are we steering the ship and you know, who do we want to attract and, and how are we going to make our money and what products do we want to sell and and then and then having the AI go out and test that. I mean, test and learn has always been a big part of marketing, especially in the digital age. Um, we should all be testing everything we're doing all the time. But as you say, there's only a certain amount of testing if you're manually producing the pages and the ads and reviewing it. There's only a certain amount you can do. Um, whereas, you know, a machine can, as you say, do thousands of those tests in the time you can do three or four. Um, so, you know, it's, it's pretty compelling as a tool. I mean, would you, would you say it's, um, it's level the play, leveling the playing ground then? I mean, you talked about smaller budgets and, you know, not having to therefore go out and recruit huge teams, which if you're on a smaller budget, it's harder to do. I mean, what's your, what's your thinking on that? Yeah, I think it definitely does um, for, and I'm not sure how long this is going to last, right? So for smaller teams who are willing to take risks and test new things, so innovation, I think you can get a step ahead of some mm. bigger customers quickly. So I, I hear a lot of big customers talk about compliance and legal frameworks and trying to understand that before they start testing. Mm-hmm. And I don't see the legal system being able to keep up with the pace of change of AI and marketing very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think there are some big issues in that whole area. And I think regulation around AI and putting some tram lines in place for, for that is important, um, especially around diversity and inclusion, around um, human rights um, around how you train models um, but I think the smaller teams and the more nimbler teams can start using now right you just yeah. start playing with the tools and figuring out how you can increase velocity so there was a really amazing study that MIT put in place about March, 2nd of March, it came out, which is the experimental evidence base for the productivity gains of AI, right? Jazzy Mm. title. To summarize, so you don't have to read it, 40% productivity gains and 20% quality gains. Mm. Um, And that feels, from having worked in it, that feels about right. So it's not going to do, like if if you think back to some of the really transformational creativity leaps that some brands have done, you know, you're going to get more than a 40% lift and a mm. 20% quality. So that could be a real sort of transformational gain. But then there's a risk involved with that sort of marketing, right? You might not get it right. You might have to test and learn and create a lot of creative before you hit the winning formula. Mm. So I think smaller teams can play. Then small, nimble, agile teams who want to figure this out can really get a, you know, a complete leap forward in how you manage um, how you manage your marketing. And there's really easy ways of getting involved, right? So 
Brightbeard is in four markets with four different languages, Swedish, Norwegian, Danish, English. Mm-hmm. Um, as of, as you know, that's where we've got sales team. We can actually work globally. So I run a team, a really small marketing team, and we're trying everything we can out. So from blog posts written in English that Google, because in Google Trans, in Word document, you can Google translate a relatively decent Swedish version of a blog post. Mm. Um, you will have to have native speakers amend, adjust and amend that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you start using GPT-4, you need less tweaks when you translate mm. a document. Um, and I know Google and I know Microsoft are testing a lot better language translation um, within within apps. So within the, yeah. the interface that you're normally using. So I think it's test it and figure out what the what use cases are important for your marketing team. So image generation, right? Mid-journey, DALI, stable diffusion are really interesting for image generation because mm-hmm. they are copyright free, yeah. potentially. Bear, bearing in mind the Getty Images lawsuit on stable bi- diffusion, at the moment, they yeah. are <laughs> copyright free. So for small marketing teams without the budget to do shoots, they can massively accelerate it. Even even teams who can do shoots, what you can do is do one image of one model and then change all the outfits, right? So you have yeah. to, you can be in the studio lot, a lot less time. Yeah. Um, and you can cut, you can yeah. cut your, your costs down. So I think mm. the images are really interesting. I think what, since GPT-4 launched on the 14th of March, I think what people are doing in video is incredibly interesting. So mm-hmm. from, I mean, if you're, if you're digital marketing on some of the, um, social media platforms like TikTok and Instagram, and I hear Snap is coming up now. Um, the algorithm for those is incredibly hungry for creative. Like it's almost mm-hmm. dauntingly hungry. Yeah. You know, you've got three or four, you've got a week, and then you're in wear out for some of the newer, like running a marketing team who depends on TikTok and some brands really do. You're daily posting, right? You know, that's yeah. that's the sort of aspiration. Yeah. And I know a lot of people in this space are using creators and UGC to manage that level because a marketing team can't keep up with the demands of the algorithm. They're super no, hungry. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. TikTok especially is it, it is tough to try and keep up with that. And, and when you're trying to be diverse across all the different channels as well, it's uh, and they're all hungry for video and video is obviously the most time consuming. It's yeah, it can be tough to keep up with that. And yeah, I think AI can play a great role in that. Yeah, we, we, we're in love with a uh, UK startup called Synthesia.io at the moment, oh, yes. yeah, which know, is yeah. a, they use avatars. I don't know if you've seen them. They use avatars yeah. to produce videos. So you, you choose your avatar, you choose your accent, and then you write a script, and then you can upload a PowerPoint slide to get a relatively decent video, right? So that yeah. could be, instead of UGC all the time, that could be another angle on how you produce these. Um, and then I, I think mean, we'll see a we, lot more of that this year. My, my view, I, I think we'll see a lot more of that style of, of generated uh, video because, because I think, um, I mean, I, I speak to a lot of companies about their um, their content challenges, and and you know we all know that that video is is you know, hugely um, important to a marketing strategy. It's what all the social media channels are hungry for. TikTok's hungry for it. YouTube's hungry for it. It's great to have video on your website. I mean, it's. It, it's so so beneficial and yet so many businesses struggle to find the time and and to have the facilities and things to do what they really want to do 
Um, and if they can, if, if brands can find you know, a way of creating those things in 10 minutes and a day, then suddenly you solve all those problems at you know, really low cost and really low effort. So you know, I think it's, um, I think we're going to see a lot more of that over the coming six, 12 months. Yeah, I agree. And even if avatars aren't your thing, there's things like Loom, which is a screen sharing app. Yeah. So you record yourself with looking at screen share. It's, it's not AI, to be honest, but it's, it's damn useful for um, producing video at scale. Yeah. Because a lot of that heavy lifting, that how-to video, those training videos, the what's special, what's your differentiation, yeah. can be done on screen share. Um, and with someone narrating it to add the trust factor, I think they're really good. And I mean, Loom's an incredible company that's growing fast and is really yeah. solving a use case. They are jobs to be done for the modern marketing team who, who are trying to manage all these digital media platforms. Mm. Um, so I, I, I guess my overarching view is for now, it's what are your jobs to be done in the marketing team? And then what can, what can AI do that is a good use of time so mm. you know I, I i understand there's a big discussion around seo content and whether google um, yeah. will penalize yeah. seo content written by chat gpt um i bear in mind i had a very very strong uh, amazing um seo team in previous um roles and they always said right for the right for the user mm. and then make right. a decision so if you can use some of these copy tools that produce useful content for your user. Um, so I use it for, hey, listen, um, how do I connect Salesforce with Google Ads? We wrote a blog on that and it was ChatGPT because it was a very useful summary because how do I do that for Salesforce? How do I do that for um, Microsoft Dynamics? How do I do that for HubSpot? It's pretty easy content. But a lot of companies bury their help content, right? So it's quite hard to find. Mm. You have to do quite a lot of in-platform searching. I mean, most people have resorted to using Google to find help content, right? They don't use the platforms. Yeah. Um, so actually, that was a decent blog post that was useful to the user um, mm. and didn't require too much tweaking. But then it can do some incredibly bland. Yeah. You know, if you yeah. use chat GPT, you can get some really bland articles out that mm. you just know are written by. And I don't know if that's useful content for anyone. Yeah. I wouldn't promote no, that on I, social media. I, mean, I have quite, um, I have a, a view on this personally. I mean, SEO is a real sort of passion area for me and has been for uh, longer than I can remember, more than 25 years probably. And, um, yeah, I, I think I've always said, you know, it's all about the user. It's not about Google. Um, and, you know, normally if you're trying to optimize for Google, you're just going to get caught out when they make a change. And, you know, if you're always optimizing for the user, it doesn't matter what changes they make because largely they're doing the same thing. So, you know, it should always be focused on on the user. Um, and I think, you know, when content really needs to you know, entertain or educate really. And, you know, I know this, you know, educate and inform is another one people always throw in there. I always put educate and inform in the same bucket, but, um, but for me, it's got to do one of those, one of those two things. Um, and it's do either of those things. It needs to be really well written. You know, if it's informing or educating, it needs to be detailed. It needs to pull in really great um, information. It needs to have something unique, something that you genuinely will educate you and doesn't just say the obvious stuff. Um, you know, if it's going to entertain, it's got to have a, got to have your humor or your your tone to it and and i think you know i find that the ai tools are just not great 
at that at the moment. And they're you know, the majority of the time they're relatively easy to spot um, an, an AI piece. Um, and I think that will improve. Uh, and I think I think it is improving. Um, I think as we go through the next probably year or so, um, I think we might get to a place where actually using AI to generate content might might be a good thing. Um, but as it is at the moment, my advice to everyone is is not to go full on into it, um, not to start churning out a ton of AI blogs and just throwing them on your website. Because you know, even if Google says it's not going to punish you for it, even if Google actually says, you know what, AI content is fine. We accept that this is a trend and we're not going to penalize you for, for what we see as AI content. That may be true. But even if that is true, a user coming into that piece and getting something that's not in any way helpful and feels really generic is, is not going to engage. So it doesn't work. And AI content, you know, if, if all your competitors are using AI to generate the same content, pretty much guaranteed there's going to be some duplication in what you're getting out of there. If there's duplication, Google is going to punish duplicate content. Mm -hmm. So you, know, you lose both ways. Even if Google isn't punishing the AI, AI content, you're still going to be worse off than if you'd just written it yourself. So I think it's helpful for coming up with ideas. Uh, it's helpful for finding discovering keywords. I think it's helpful for putting a structure together sometimes for a piece as well. But I don't recommend people use AI you know, full on to produce blogs. I think it's, there's a chance you're going to seriously regret that in, in 12 mm -hmm. months time, have to undo all your work. Yeah, I agree. I think it's I call it my first draft. Right. So, yeah, use it for your first draft. Get the obvious thing out because if it's the first if it's giving you the first draft, it's giving everyone else the first draft. Use it for That's the right, obvious yeah. and then think beyond the obvious, like what could give you. What could give your users more or your visitors more of an insight, more of a lift, more of an angle mm. that's unique? Um, and it's always trying to find your unique point of view. It's sort of, it, it, I think the, the issue with AI is, I think I, there was some very clever person who said, always use, always use ChatGPT as your overqualified intern. Right, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think that's, that's that's really helpful because it is i think it then leads you to a question of what do you get the interns to do now yeah <laughs> how do you train up people right how do you train up people in seo like what are the skills in marketing and you're going to have to find your voice a lot quicker and your unique perspective a lot quicker in marketing yeah. to manage the fact that the media that the entry level is chat gpt's well mm. Now you've got to, you've got to have the angle, and that's that's pretty daunting. Like I sit back and go, that is daunting. Mm. Um, but I think that that I agree. I think I completely agree. I think that I, I think yeah. I think one 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 early early stage career skill to learn at the moment is how to manage AI, right? I think that is something that that needs to be needs to be taught. And I, I I think it's very unlikely to be getting taught in a marketing degree at university at the moment. Um, although it, it probably should be finding its way into those courses quite quickly. Um, but it is certainly something for people to learn um, in that sort of intern role or that first role. Um, and I know, <coughs> excuse me, AI to some extent is only as good as what you get, uh, what you put in, right? You get out you know, a, a, a much better result if you put something much more sophisticated in at the top. So that, that, you know, that writing the prompt is, I think, a critical piece. Um, We've, we've talked a lot about ChatGPT, um, but just we've got a few minutes left. Just before we, we finish up, um, 
there are a bunch of other tools out there, right? Um, some of which are arguably better um, than, than ChatGPT, but ChatGPT gets all the headlines, right? But um, if we were to look at some other tools, um, you know, if people listening were thinking, hey, look, I want to um, go and use the, the right tool, and that might not be ChatGPT for, you know, for a sort of chatbot or for, for copywriting, or um, w- what are some other tools you might, you might uh, recommend? And then we can talk a little bit about um, prompt writing as well. Yeah, so I think um, tools like Jasper and Copy AI are good. They're good. Yeah. They've been designed for the marketing use case. Um, and you can save your brand tone of voice and guidelines. So you, you will get a lift and, a, and, a, and it will speed things up. Um, so I think that they're useful. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the, the image generator tools are super interesting. Mm-hmm. So Mid Journey and Dali. So Dali was the flavor of the month back in October 2022, and now it's all Mid Journey. But Mid Journey is still a bit beta, right? So you have mm-hmm. to be good at prompt generation. Um, and so I, um, I, I, yeah, I've got some blogs on some of the blog um, prompt generators, but um, that you can click into. So there's a, a good one called Noon. Um, but yeah. just just put in Google Mid Journey prompt generator, and it will give you a guided version of how to get better um, better pictures out of Mid Journey. Because again, they can they tend to be a little generic heavy metal images if you let the if you just go in there blind um, because yeah. it's being trained on a database of people who like. You know, it's on Discord servers, right? So, um, you know, not not saying anything about people on Discord, but um, a lot of the uh, a lot of the Viking images and the heavy metal images do come up first unless you train it. So, <laughs> but you can get some amazingly original images out there if you put original mm. prompts in. Um, and I think it's just playing about with that. But you can lose days. Like I have left, lost days on Mid Journey trying to get the right mm. image out. Um, and there are a lot of sort of forward thinking creative agencies and design agencies who are advertising for prompt generators to get the best out because the people who are getting the best out of those tools understand camera angles and photography. You know, they're proper image consultants. So mm. they're putting in real expert prompts, um, you know, about, you know, typefaces and yeah, pantone sure. colors and all that good stuff um <laughs> that you you need to get some good stuff out so the image generators are good there's some good seo um tools we put on the blog um i think all the video tools love video generating tools um you know the whole meme around harry potter and valenciaga was was put, built very quickly in with four ai tools you know from voice changes so they could get the the actors voices um to uh image generators to video editing tools so it was only four and done quite quickly that's that's quite a skilled um quite skilled to pull that together using all these tools it's just a really interesting example of creativity so i think the video ones are super interesting and then Mm you know, customer service tools, AI tools. So if you're working in a marketing team with a customer service, there's a lot of really interesting chatbots um, or and, and coming soon is the voice, the voice tools. So being able to speak in your normal voice in different languages heard mm. by, you know, the recipient. I think that is going to be a game changer for customer service. Yeah. 
Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Look, hey, I, I, we could keep talking about this for hours, but there's there's so much in there uh, to unpack, and I'm sure um, I'm sure there'll be something for everyone listening that that they haven't thought of or or, or have learned from today. Um, I think ChatGPT is definitely great to go and play with if you're not using it, um, but don't expect it to solve all your problems straight away. Um, I think Jasper is is really good for copywriting as well, um, but like you say, that that art of understanding how to write write the brief effectively, right? To write the prompt. Um, it's always been the way in marketing, to be honest with you. Writing a good brief is, is how you get a great result out. There's so many great, amazing case studies of phenomenal uh, marketing campaigns have come about because the brief was really, really good. Um, and it's mm-hmm. exactly the same with the prompt. If you can put in put in the right detail, just be very specific about exactly what it is you need, you're going to get a better result out the bottom end. Some great platforms you mentioned there as well um, that people can go and look up. But look, Kate, that's been absolute masterclass thank you so much um it's been fascinating i've learned a thing or two in there as well which is always nice (laughs) it's great for me um and uh yeah i I, will um we hope everyone's enjoyed that i hope you guys have got something out of it um and uh yeah there's a lot more we'll we'll continue talking more about ai in future episodes maybe kate will try and squeeze you back on at some point i'm sure there's a lot more for us to talk about oh oh my god it changes so like a week in ai is like It's more stuff. <laughs> and check out Brightbeard, a fantastic AI platform for uh, what's the best way to put it, Kate? Optimizing your an, a- an AI engine. engine for paid search. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Go and check that one out as well. So awesome! Thanks for having with us, um, and uh, thanks for uh, listening, guys, and watching this episode of uh, For the Love of Marketing. Don't forget to like and subscribe, and look forward to seeing you in the next one. Cheers.